Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope you're all having a great day. It's a good one out here, Tuesday, Tasty Tuesday. I'm driving out to go meet my cousin right now. Haven't seen her in uh, probably about a year and a half. Um, so we're both meeting halfway, probably about next about an hour and a half or so for each of us. Then meeting her husband for the first time, and I haven't met him. Um, well, haven't met him at all ever. I was gonna say since they got married, but never met him before. Military military guy, married a few years now. So uh, obviously it's going well for them. So yeah, it'll be good seeing her again, seeing. Uh, chance to meet her husband and hang out with them for a little while and certainly enjoying this off week down here in Texas. Going to have a job interview this week later, play some basketball, get some more racquetball in, I hit that manipulation class, just kind of recover because it's been a it's been a long time. Yesterday was a blast. We had nine clients for personal training, um, so certainly getting that hustle on for sure, kind of ending with a bang. Uh, I got my last two days working there this upcoming Saturday and then Monday too then. Calling it a wrap down at Gold's Gym, baby. It's been a been one hell of a ride, one hell of a ride down in Texas. So, Tasty Tuesday, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the anti inflammatory diet or inflammatory diet or uh, how diet influences the inflammation process, the inflammation process affects the diet, all that fun stuff. So, inflammation, first of all, what the heck is it? What are we talking about? Inflammation is a chemical, a chemically mediated response, typically influenced by a good old drug called histamine. And what happens is that um, this drug is released, increases the inflammatory response, and it's a healing response. It's a response to saying, okay, let me get this infection, let me get this gnarly stuff out of the system. Uh, then after that, and let me kind of, and what happens with that is it increases the heat, increases cellular activity. This is fine and dandy for an acute, little bit of an exacerbation, a little bit of an issue that is requires a normal, uh, small level healing process. Well, this in fact is a healing that takes place throughout the body. This is a body's attempt at healing that is consistently taking place all throughout the body system. And to a certain extent, everything that is is either pro-inflammatory, promoting inflammation, or anti-inflammatory, reducing inflammation. And there are a couple things that we're going to pay attention to. Um, for And, you know, in the future we'll probably get into exercise and the role of inflammation and what kind of exercise to target for different conditions and everything and how we work with that. Now, just a little stipulation as we get into some of this, uh, and disclaimer as well as we get into some of this um, detailed nutrition. This is by no means um, to replace a true dietitian, dietitian, registered dietitian, a nutritionist, uh, any of those, or a medical doctor, any of these expertise. This is purely general information um, that is not tailored and designed to my audience out there who I don't know exactly who all you are, and we have to tailor this individually as well. So it would be good to, if you have more curiosities. One, hit me up, we can talk. Two, consult an expert in the field, somebody that can tailor this specifically to you so you can get a good idea. When we think about inflammation and that body's response, we think of a healing, and that's usually not a bad thing, right? It's not. But what if we provide healing, and we provide the need for healing from something that doesn't really need healing? Or what if we have that stimulus over and over and over, and these chronic inflammation issues occur? 
that's where we have trouble. And it's really interesting where with a lot of these autoimmune diseases that are out there, a lot of these, um, you know, different arthritis, spondyloarthropathies, um, and different arthritis out there that have an autoimmune component to them, rheumatoid arthritis being the most common. There are also links that a lot of these, again, they're all on a spectrum. So it's not just that, oh, I've got this disease and that's, it is what it is, quote unquote. But there's a lot of them that exist on a major spectrum. Of here's a typical diagnosis. Here's kind of the diagnosis that um, I found it to be. Here are some similarities. Here are some differences, and it's kind of a good old hodgepodge with some normal classifications that are fitted towards the system. Exercise, as we briefly mentioned, depending on the type and the dose and all that, can either have a little bit of an inflammatory response for um, issues going on, or it can be anti-inflammatory depending on the nature of it. We'll get into that more in another exercise type session. But then diet plays a huge role in this. We talk about gut health and everything. Um, huge role involved. Stress certainly does too. We can actually see that there are cool studies out there where just even positive or negative thinking, as hippie-ish as this may sound, it actually does change activation of chemical mediators of inflammation and negative poor thinking results in, in, in an increased stress response throughout the system with an increased immune component to it. So again, maybe a risk factor as you guys consider these things critically, many of these factors may be a risk factor for autoimmune conditions because we know that autoimmune conditions, many of them have a genetic component, many of them have a um, a lifestyle component and environmental exposure component. So all these are definitely factors involved in fair game, fairly at play. So let's talk about diet here, right? Let's get let's get to the punch. Well, well you think in general, things like meat, eggs, dairy, um, other animal-based foods like this, they are usually they are acidic to some level. Different ones are more acidic than others. Um, but not only acidity, because that's not what we're truly worried about, but they do have a pro-inflammatory component. Um, and so they do cause inflammation in the gut just a little bit. And again, we're not worried as much about just a little low level of inflammation. Some people who have gut issues, it's not that. Well, there may be a couple things going on. One, they may be overly sensitive. They may have an autoimmune type component to substances, they may have an allergy, which is an overreaction of that histamine response. Another possible issue is that they just have a lower margin for error. Yeah, they've got some other issues going on and that they need almost a perfect diet for their body to help themselves out. Whereas us, we can have some foods that are inflammatory, pro-inflammatory in nature and be fine because we don't have a huge helping of it or we don't have it that often. But the real issue arises in these chronic inflammatory states where we're just having things over and over that sometimes with realizing it, sometimes without realizing it, we're doing a lot of damage in our gut. For example, for the condition of celiac disease, um, which there is a aller severe allergy and deterioration of the microvilli in your gut because of gluten intolerance. Well, what happens is that there are these different chemical markers for gluten. And if four of them or more are significantly irritated and inflamed, then it's said that you have celiacs. And I believe there are 22 or 18 of them total, something along those lines of those markers. And some people have varying degrees of it compared to others. Most people though will have at least one that they're a little bit eh, sensitive to. So you could be eating a certain dose, a certain concentration of bread type products and you know it's no bueno. Um, 
And so that's certainly something that is a pro-inflammatory for bread and grains and other substances like that. And really it's a lot of fruit and vegetables that are more anti-inflammatory in nature along the way that are certainly going to have that added benefit. And so it's extremely important to, again, get those anti-inflammatories in there um, compared to the inflammatory. Now, I'm not saying anti-inflammatory medication because that's a whole other issue. And some of these medications that are truly anti-inflammatory, the low-dose, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, NSAIDs like ibuprofen and um, Advil or others like that, what those do is that they can actually have a side effect of kind of hurting your stomach, hurting your stomach lining. And that's exactly what we don't want is if we're worried about our gut health for promoting anti-inflammatory, let's not go ahead and irritate our stomach even more. Creating a stomach ulcer is exactly the opposite of what we're trying to promote here. So continue going down this road and continue to go off of that. What can we do for our health? Well, more fruits and vegetables, always better. Um, having more water in there and certainly minimizing all these processed foods. It's really the processed foods, the added sugars, all those other substances that don't come naturally in food are the absolute worst. Things like soy and corn, definitely pro-inflammatory. Um, they can cause a good amount of irritation in the body for sure. And so just being careful about the dosage of this. And again, everybody kind of has a different uh, margin for error, window of success. But I do know some people that they be like, well, I'll be honest, they be like complete shit for a number of years. And their gut microbe, their gut bacteria is so thrown off, they can barely have any kind of normal food now. They've they're just shy of having to have it, food just by a uh, gastric pump, basically, and this is at the age of 30. Now, was he maybe, maybe you know, genetically predisposed to it? Possibly. I don't know that for sure. Um, but certainly, his lifestyle and his eating habits were not helping him whatsoever. And even if he was genetically predisposed, he wouldn't be having all those issues if he didn't, um, you know, eat fast food every single day. And the, processed food and everything else and the sugars and everything else that comes up with those type of lifestyle just this nasty inflammatory state for the body and again with having a lot of chronic inflammation in the gut potentially there's a risk factor for increasing for increasing the autoimmune disease in the body i don't know that for sure that's my theory i certainly do know that there's a correlation between the two of those and it would not surprise me if the pendulum did swing um, from one side to the other for one being causative and one being correlative. Other things we want to look out for besides kind of the meat, dairy, a lot of heavy breads, things like that. Other things to be cautious of. We want a good balance of the healthy fats. Fats are really important. The good fats are anti-inflammatory. They're great for you. A good um, the essential the omega vitamin, the omega fats, so omega-3, omega-6, those are great for the body. And it's normally found in a ratio of the human body of every omega-3 to omega-6, you should be having about three to one. So every every um, three parts of omega-6s, you should be having one part omega-3. Here's the issue for us. That's not how we eat typically. We typically eat closer to the omega-6s, more like a 10 to one or a 15 to one for the omega-3s because they're, you think yeah, omega-15s are from nuts and we're all a little bit crazy out here, right? We're all a little bit nuts, so having some nuts is not a big deal. Omega-3s, where they come from? Seaweed, 
fish, other substances like that, fish oil. Um, that's where they come from. So you can see immediately just based on purely, okay, what is this that we're dealing with? One is a lot worse than the other. All right, y'all, that's what I got out here for the inflammatory diet, anti-inflammatory diet. Um, stay disciplined with this, keep up that food intake, and again, be mindful of not causing too much irritation in the gut because of leaky gut. And that we, should, we know this by research. Chronic inflammation throughout the gastrointestinal system, the GI tract, actually has the gut be a little bit more leaky. The permeability of the cells around it is slightly more so that the substances of the food, instead of getting absorbed in our body, are actually getting kind of leached out into our bloodstream prematurely before we want them, before our body is ready for them. This is pretty darn dangerous. So this is another thing to consider along the way. Um, certainly alcohol and other drugs, steroids throughout the body certainly effective. And again, this is no little joke, you know, it's important to have be anti-inflammatory throughout your gut because your gut affects your entire body. It gets transported around for the nutrients and everything. So even, you know, having a high chronic um, inflammatory state is shown to reduce cartilage health and other tissues like that where, you know, there's a lot of inflammation, there's a lot of wear and tear, there's a lot of breakdown. So let's help combat that, let's be preventive, let's work on our diet to make it really strong and solid for us. So that we're fighting for not only getting the good macronutrients, the protein, the fat, the carbohydrate, getting the good micronutrients, all the vitamins and minerals, but really, really helping with this, um, this balance in the body to make it anti-inflammatory in nature, to not overreact when it truly does not need a reaction. Alright y'all, be well there, chow down, have fun, simply not easy.